0: Hello, and welcome back, or welcome to the Riley Breakfield Show. I am your host, the one, the only, Riley Breakfield. Hope you're having a wonderful week, because I'm surely not. Wi-Fi has been out at my house for the past two days. It's been awful, you know, I haven't been able to do shit. I obviously work from home, I do my podcast from home, I watch TV from home. I never realize how much you need Wi-Fi until your Wi-Fi goes out, and you're just shit out of luck, and it's just, it's very bothersome, but. That's been my week. If you're not familiar with the show, I like to talk about college sports, NFL, NBA, MLB here and there. Love to talk politics. Love to talk about child molesters. We love to talk about anything conspiracy-wise. We love to rank things. We love to love on things. We love to hate things. So welcome to the show. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, um, Twitter as well. Um, podcast on all platforms I believe so I'm not positive but I would I would think so according to the thing that I uploaded to so let's just hope for the best in that case but yeah let's get into today's show just got a little bit of news in my top five one love one hate and then just talking a little bit of college basketball as uh, we kind of wrap up the regular season here before the conference uh, tournaments take off next week and then March Madness begins the following week so uh try and light on a couple of those games one's a little bit of you know Big stuff that's going on, important games, stuff like that. So should be fun. Let's, uh, so let's get into it. Starting off in the college basketball world, we're talking about some women's basketball here. If you're not familiar with the Cavender Twins, uh, they are two twin sisters that play uh, basketball at the University of Miami. Um, <coughs> the NCAA came down on them as the first people um, to get in trouble for NIL fines. Um, I believe the head coach was suspended for three days. Um, they lost the, they're not allowed to compete in postseason play as well. Something like that, all over them having dinner with the booster before actually signing the national letter of intent. Um, so something like it was something about that. Um, the Cavender twins then responded because they're, they're very popular on TikTok. They then responded with a t- TikTok that was pretty much like, "Be fucking for real, NCAA or something like that." I just, it's a wild situation. It didn't. It seemed like it was really something minor, but kind of got blown up into uh, bigger proportions for really no reason. Um, Cavender Twins are claiming that the NCAA is just upset because uh, women athletes are making more money. These girls are making a crap ton of money um, out there in IL deals, I'm pretty sure. Um, but they're also backing it up. They're not too bad on the basketball court. I know one of the sisters, she's kind of had a down down year compared to what they uh, what they never should at Fresno State. For the most part, they're playing good. Miami has a shot to tournament. I don't know when that uh, postseason ban kicks in. I don't know if that's this year or next year. Um, so I'm pretty sure that happened, but I'm not hundred percent positive. I have to double check that. But who who knows? Just kind of the big the first NIL sanctions, I guess, is what's gonna go down as. Sticking with a little bit of college football. Jalen Carter, uh or moving to stick with college sports, I guess. I don't know why I said that. That was retarded. That was stupid. Sorry, bad word. Um, Jalen Carter is uh, catching misdemeanor charges uh, for apparently being involved in the crash uh, earlier this year in January that uh, killed the one Georgia player and the one female uh, staff recruiter or something like that. Um, Apparently he was uh, alongside the vehicle. They were basically racing. And when it crashed, he uh, drove off and left the scene but then came back an hour later and said that he was there the whole time or something. Sounds like that's possibly the story. Not exactly sure though. He um, <clears throat> he posted something on Twitter or Instagram I can't camera which one it was um, saying that he understood the charges and he was going to go um, down to Athens the next day because he was at the Draft Combine. So he said that he was going to go um, down to Athens the next day. He was booked uh, misdemeanor charges. His bond was $4,000. I believe that was paid and he was bailed out. But uh, interesting to see what happened with that situation. You know, the, Todd McShay all uh, earlier in the day or something. I'm not exactly sure how the events played out, but he tweeted uh, something about Jalen Carter having character issues or, or something like that. Um, you know, and some some questionable things in the past. So same thing kind of going along. You know, that some some other reporter tweeted that as well. So kind of interesting to see what that does to his draft stock. I don't think that it should affect him too much. You know, shit happens. Uh, same thing with Brandon Miller. You know, as Nate said, wrong place, wrong time. You know, it's not really the best analogy. But, you know, hopefully he answers for his mistakes, but you hope that it doesn't affect what he puts out on the field. I think that's one of the stupidest things. You know, people make mistakes as long as they're not necessarily hampering. I don't really think they should be frowned upon forever and ever and ever. So just my thoughts on that. Now moving to a little bit of college basketball, rumor has it through TikTok I saw from Jack Mack, who he's always breaking stories in the college football, college basketball world it seems like, and just stories in general, he's he's quite the journalist, Um, he posted it, apparently there's been a a love triangle going on at UNC, RJ Davis had a girlfriend that apparently Caleb Love, or RJ Davis had split with this girl, and then Caleb Love started dating her, she plays on the women's basketball team, so that's why, you know, North Carolina's been having ups and downs all year kind of things what that story is going along with so possibly true who knows can't really tell but it's a story to follow makes you wonder if that didn't happen where would North Carolina be at this year that's all I gotta say it just makes you wonder <coughs> the last bit of uh, well not moving to the NFL I guess one's a sad day for me Leonard Fournette playoff Lenny I'm wearing my playoff Lenny shirt as I'm recording this podcast he was released from the Buccaneers he's now a free agent you know Right, at the age of twenty-eight years old. It's a, it's a sad, sad league for uh, NFL running backs. You don't really last too long. I think Lenny's still got something in the tank. Um, be interested to see where he goes. A lot of talk. He might be coming back home to NOLA. You know, join up with Tyron Matthew, Jarvis Landry. You know, a lot of hometown kids coming back. Possibly, who knows? I'd like to see him go to more of a contender. I don't really think the Saints are a contending team this year. I think if Lenny's still got anything in the tank, you know, he'd fit well. With a team like the Bengals or somebody, you know, the Jets even, you know, these teams that can use another another back to help facilitate back there. Perfect landing places for him to have a shot to at least go for another playoff run or something like that. It's my thoughts. Um, That's what what I would hope that he would do at least. Woody Harrelson uh, was hosting SNL over the weekend and he just confirmed what we all already knew, you know um and he's one of us he's he's a conspiracy guy he doesn't believe a, a lot of the nuance and the bullshit that the government media put out there it was clear he uh went on snl on his end of show rant i believe and said something about how the cartels um you know they own big pharma basically and they're the ones pushing for this pfizer vaccine for the vaccine all that stuff and <clears throat> basically right after um the next day a bunch of news outlets slammed him as a Covid, anti-vax, you know, conspiracies, conspiracy, feuds, all these crazy things. So maybe there's more of them out there than we realize. Woody Harrelson's one of the youth ones that's all you got to take away from that. You know, that's all it is. Is Woody Harrelson? He's just like the rest of us. I always knew it was in there. You could just tell by his aura. He's just one of us. He's old school hippie, man. I can just tell. I can just tell. The other big. It was in the fake drama world um Jake Paul and Tommy Fury fought over the weekend uh before the fight the script was the script was leaked and um it had Jake Paul winning by knockout in the 8th round um that eventually did not happen Tommy Fury ended up winning um by decision or split decision or whatever the case was but he was the ultimate winner immediately after tons of people you know were saying how bad both of these guys were, that they weren't legit boxers. Everyone thought Tommy Fury was bad. Everyone thought Jake Paul was bad. So it was like, who really was the winner here? Um, nope, neither guy really looked good, from what I could hear, um, from what I understood about the fight. So but this just funny that the script got leaked, and then it, it would have been funny if it played out that way, but I feel like they did switch it because it got leaked. It was just, if you can find it, go check it out. It's it's like the very detailed. It's very weird. Yeah, I, it made me wonder, I guess. But who knows, man. Everything's probably fake. I always thought it was all fake, anyways. Last bit of Hollywood news here, a little bit of drama. Zendaya, if you're familiar with her, she's the star of Euphoria. She's in Spider-Man. She was in a bunch of Disney Channel shows as well. Love her to death. She's a beautiful woman. She is now going to be making one million dollars an episode of Euphoria. Yeah, she's gonna be rolling in bank. I think they usually do like six seven or eight so she's gonna be making eight mil or something at least like six mil dude that's insane she's gonna making a shit ton of money it's a really good show they're supposed to be coming out the new season soon i believe i don't know though but yeah good for her you know you love to see it you love you just love to see it And she deserves it she fucking kills it in that show now i have a little something before we get to my top five i had a high thought of the week this one first i have two of them first of all The first one, it's a little bit disturbing. My high thought of the week number one here is how many twins, like identical twins, do you think have had sex with each other? How many identical twins do you think have had sex with each other? I didn't even look, I forgot to look up how many identical twins there are. Hold on. How many identical twins in the world? That's exactly what I need. Oh my god, that does not help me. It's just one, there's just a picture of a woman with three breasts. That is not fucking real. That's a Siamese twin. I just want to know how many identical twins there are in the world. How many? That's what I searched. Why is it not? Oh my god, whatever. So I don't even know how many twins there are in the world, but whatever. Beside the point, out of however many twins there are in the world, let's just take this out of percentages. Out of how many identical twins in the world do you think? have had sex together. You know, I sit there, I thought about it earlier today. I was like, Oh my God, it's probably some weird kink for me. You know, it's like watching, watching themselves have sex in a weird way. It's like a weird kink. There's, there's gotta be at least like 30% of identical twins that would be into this. I feel like, you know what I mean? I feel like it would just be that weird type of thing where it's just a weird kink that people are into. I, I gotta hear some stories about this. I believe that it's true. I feel like it's gotta be thirty percent. Thirty percent feels like a good number. It's twenty twenty three. Everyone's getting a little bit weird. Kinks aren't that shameful anymore. People are very open about their sexuality. Thirty percent feels like a really good number. You probably got a couple closeted that makes up that thirty percent right there. You know, open ones. I, there, there's probably a couple that are open. I don't. I haven't heard of any, but I could. I could see a couple open they're just not publicly, you know, they're not insta famous or whatever the kids say nowadays, but I could 30% feels like a good number to me. So thoughts thoughts in the comments, please. My high thought of the week number 2 is recently watched one of the greatest trilogies of this generation, you know, the high school musical, high school musicals, um, one of the best trios I've ever seen, possibly number 1. It's just all, all-time classic. Recently watched it earlier this week. Um, I was just wondering, what do we as society have to do to get them to do like a reunion tour? You know, get the band back together, do like twenty-five, thirty cities. You know, hit everywhere throughout the country. Maybe even do it smaller if you can hit everywhere. You know, you know, everyone can have a chance to make it. You know, spread it out. What do we have to do to see that? Because the movies were outstanding. I would love to just see them go on tour. Do a, little, do a little show each time. you know, Just do a musical. Just a beautiful musical. They could sell out arenas doing this shit. They could, they could make it elaborate as fuck. But what do we have to do to get that? Because I just would like to see Zac Efron sing again. And I also thought, while well, watching that, why when I was a young child did I just ultimately hate this man? I just absolutely hated him. Like When I was young, I was like, fuck Zac Efron for no reason. What? Because he was pretty? Like, beautiful man. I love him. He's a great actor. He's Some, some of my favorite comedies. I'm sorry for hating on Zach Efron, but what back to the point? What do we as a society have to do to get high school musical to go on tour, or do a couple shows? It would just be outstanding and beautiful, well performed. I know it would be so thoughts and thoughts in the comments again from that. You know, I just I have to know what we'd have to do to get that. But now, you know, going off of Disney Channel and talking about twins and that weird shit too. Moving into my top five Disney Channel shows of my childhood, because it just felt right right after following, you know, just whatever. It just felt very good and fluent to go in that direction. So number one out of my top five, Drake and Josh, absolutely love the show. Absolutely love their brothers. I never knew for the longest time. They were only stepbrothers that just flew past my head for so long. I was so stupid and I just didn't understand the concept at the time. I guess I don't really know. But all time favorite show. I always wanted to be like Drake, you know, just a bad boy making out with girls all the time when I was older. Never happened in my life. That's always what I wanted, but never happened. And then, you know, as I, as I matured, I wanted more Josh, more like a gentleman, you know, you just, you understand the dynamic, how it works. It's a great show. Love Megan. She's the ultimate villain in that show. Just all around great show. My number two, Sweet Life, dude. I always wanted to fucking live in a hotel like Zack and Cody and just do rambo shit all the time. I always thought that was cool. Then to find out in adulthood that you could live in a in hotel is actually really cool. I've thought about that even just because I would like to relive that. It would have to be like a big fancy hotel. It couldn't be, you know, something stupid like a Motel 6 or anything like that. It had have to be something cool where I could have fun and enjoy my time there. But, yeah. My number three then is obviously Sweet Life on Deck. You know, that was a, a all time show that also made me want to live on a boat. But as I've as I've grown and matured as an adult, I've understood that I am afraid of water, I'm afraid of the ocean. I will never go out on a cruise. That absolutely fucking terrifies me. You would find me shot in the head in Alaska before I was out on a cruise. I don't think I could do it. But that show made me think that I could. It looked like fun, you know, living going to school out on a boat with your friends, you know, dating babes and shit. Always seemed like it was what i wanted for myself but obviously it wasn't too scared couldn't do it too much of a pussy number four wizards of ravely plays mostly because i always wanted to be a wizard absolutely love the show absolutely love Selena gomez she was like my crush there for a long time um love the brothers they were awesome just all around love the show love everything about it like i said i always want to be a wizard so that was like the perfect show to be like oh i want to do wizard spells and shit because i love harry potter as well so I just want to be a wizard. That's why I was my number four. Number five, Hannah Montana. Love my Cyrus. Love Hannah Montana. She's all around um, probably my childhood crush forever and ever, and she always will be. I still think she's beautiful to this day. I would do anything for her um, kind of thing. Um, Not like creepy, like a PFT counter, but like, you know, I I would be there for her. Um, But yeah, that's my top five Disney Channel shows of my childhood. Easy, hands down, right there. Now for one love, one hate. Um, this week it's kind of a weird one for me, man. I'm loving on cats. Um, never really was much of a cat guy. Um, then when I uh, met my wife, she had two cats. I fostered them in. I became a stepfather to them, uh, a real role model, helped them mold them into these beautifully young felines that they are today. Um. But still, I wasn't much of a cat man. never really have been much of an animal person. I'm just not, they just kind of gross me out. Well, I'm not really a germaphobe. I might be, I might be a border, borderline sociopath. I don't really know. Um, Some tests say that I am, some say that I have autism. It's really hard to tell. But I always thought that I, you know, hated animals, never liked them until um, about 13, 14 weeks ago, um, I found a mother, kitten or cat or whatever, giving birth to a small child of a kitten size. on my porch and I told my wife and we brought them in and then we decided to keep the little child because he is beautiful and now he's like my son. And now I love cats. Like I kiss him. I've never kissed an animal or a cat before he goes me out, but I kiss him. So I just love cats, I guess. Now I don't know. I don't kiss other cats. I don't think I love cats. I think I just love this new kitten. That's been brought into my life. So yeah, that's, I love cats. Well, I guess I love my cat rocket. That's his name. He's cute. He's a little black ball fur. He's, he's unreal. He's, is everything I ever wanted? No, it's not that deep. But so I guess I love Rocket. Um, but this week, this is a big hate for me. This week I'm hating on people that smoke cigarettes in their house or their car on a daily basis. Don't get me wrong; I've done cigs inside. I've smoked cigarettes in other people's cars. But the people that smoke them in their house on a religious basis, and the people that smoke them in the car on a religious basis, are disgusting. Trash and scumbag people. It's so disgusting. I've been in so many vehicles and houses where you just walk in and you just instantly smell the cigarettes on the wall. And it's just, it just makes me want to throw up. It's absolutely horrifying. It grosses me out. I don't understand how you can do that to yourself, to your children. A lot of times the people have kids. Phew, baffles. But that's what I hate this week. I can't even. It's just, it's triggering, you know? It's, it was so dramatic to think about that. How people just do that on a regular basis—it just grosses me, disgusts me. I can't believe these scumbag Earth people. But whatever. Now moving on to a little bit of college basketball. Quite a few big games this weekend that have a quite a big major impact on you know tournament seating, conference seating as well um first one alabama texas a and number one and number two respectively in the sec um going into the tournament they're gonna both they both have those seats regardless of what anybody else does or anything like that um but really what this game about is about is um really could be a big bolstering win for texas a and alabama loses i don't alabama wins doesn't really i mean secures their one seed um Probability a lot more, I guess. Um, they lose. I don't see it really affecting them that much. Um, Buzz Williams does have a really good coach team at Texas A&M. I mean, they are 24th in the country right now, and I can't remember. I don't remember what seed they're looking at getting, but they're pretty much securely in the tournament, I would think right now, unless you know they lose this game to Alabama, and then they you know go into the tournament and lose a game they should have or something like that. That's the only way I see them getting kicked out of the out of the tournament at this point. But on the other hand, I do see them possibly winning this game. Actually, I do see them winning this game. I, I'm riding with Buzz Williams, man. They're 14-4 at home this year. And, yes, Alabama is 10-2 on the road and right in a four-game win streak. But <clears throat> something about the, the Crimson Tide going into Aggie land, I feel like Buzz Williams is just going to put the game plan together. We're going to wake up on Saturday morning. We're going to watch Alabama-Texas and Texas A&M is going to pull off the upset But the money line at the money line. Do it. I'm not going to because I'm poor, but do it if you are a listener that has money. Send me $10, bucks. i will do it too. Whatever. That works out too. Second game of the weekend that tickles my interest. Iowa State-Baylor. Um, mostly this game, I think Baylor's going to win in a blowout. Not a blowout, but they're going to win no matter what. <coughs> Basically because Iowa State is horrible on the road, but this game really is important because Kansas has locked up the one seed in the Big 12 tournament. So they're the one right now. Um, Number two is right now sitting at a three-way tie with Kansas, Baylor, and Texas. Um, Kansas, Or sorry, Kansas State, Baylor, Texas. In that order is how the tiebreaker would go. So for Baylor, they really have to win. I think they have the best chance of locking up the two. You don't want that four. You don't want to play Kansas. You'd rather go up against somebody else more than likely. Kansas is just a monster again this year. So you'd rather get the two. The three is even okay, but you want that two just for the safety, right? So you got to win this weekend. Baylor should be able to win. Iowa State, like I said, is horrible on the road. They've only won three games and lost like, what is it? They're like three and nine on the road or something like that. And Baylor's like 15 and 2 at home. So Baylor's and their offense is unreal. Iowa State plays great defense, but they're horrible on the road. So I think Baylor wins this one pretty easily and handedly. But really important for Baylor to win. I think Baylor's gonna win no matter what. I just I don't I don't see Iowa State really like I said, they're bad on the road. Iowa State, though, this game is important. Um, they're they're not necessarily on the bubble right now, but a bad loss could really put them in a bad spot going towards uh, the Big Twelve tournament. Shh. Kansas State, West Virginia, Kansas State, like I said, is sitting ahead of Baylor right now for that two seed in the tiebreaker situation. But I do think that they're going to lose to West Virginia on Saturday. West Virginia is just unreal at home. They they've what are they? What's their record at home? Hold on, I got I got to read my notes here. I don't even know. There was one of the best teams at home. I think they've only lost two games at home this year. Kansas State's been okay on the road, but they haven't won a lot. I think they were about four and six. West Virginia, though, has been like I said; they've they've won damn every game at home. They've pulled a ton of upsets off at home this year. I think they beat Baylor at home earlier this year. They're just they're really tough to play at home, and they're riding a four-game win streak right now. I right, I believe they're riding a four-game win streak and haven't and they haven't. Oh, sorry, I got that confused. I'm slurring over my words here. Kansas State is riding a four-game win streak. One of those games being on the road. So I do, I do think West Virginia wins this game. They just seem to show up at home all year long. Every time they've been in a spot like this, you know, they just seem to win. So I'm really thinking West Virginia is going to pull this one off, push Kansas State farther down, which then leads into Kansas versus Tennessee, which should be a really, or sorry, Kansas versus Texas. My fucking words are I'm so fucking Sorry sorry, I'm starting on my words here. Kansas versus Texas. Kansas already has the one seed, you know, um, but a lot at stake here. You know, they want to secure a one seed in the NCAA double tournament. So a win here would really solidify that. Uh, you know, a loss here and then maybe a bad loss in the Big 12 tourney. I could see pushing them down to a two, possibly. they, You know, they have to not show up for either one. I think they do show up. Um, I do think Texas can win this game, though. Um, I really like what Texas does offensively. I think that I think it's gonna be a really close game and I really can't decide who's gonna win. I do wanna lean more Texas, but I'm leaning more towards the over, you know, at 145. I think that's a, a better bet. You know, for Texas, they're sitting out looking probably at a two seed right now. A, a win would really, really help solidify that spot, you know, and then get hopefully push them up to not have to play Kansas again in the Big 12 tourney. So a lot a lot on the line here for Texas. A lot on the line for Texas, Kansas State, and Baylor, man. I mean, they're they're tough games this weekend. They're winnable games for all three of them, but you know, you just want to try to avoid that four spot to have to play play Kansas, especially for Texas. You know, it'd really suck if they beat Kansas and they're gonna have to play them again in a couple days. So you never want that scenario. That's a nightmare scenario. But moving on to probably um one of the biggest games of the weekend, hands down, number 25 Pitt versus number 16, Miami. A lot at stake here. Um, the number one seed in the ACC tournament is at stake. Um, it could mean a lot, you know, going forward. UVA, um, regardless if they they're playing Louisville this weekend, um, they they should win that one easily. Louisville only won like four games this year. Um, so Virginia, Miami, and Pitt are all tied for first right now. Virginia probably will easily take care of Louisville. They'll lock up the two, the two spots. So no matter what, then the loser, Pitt and Miami, will get the three. Winner gets the one. So a lot kind of on the line here, you know, not have to play, you know, pit or not to play Pitt, Virginia, or, or not play Virginia again, I guess. is You know, that's that's a lot. It's, they're a tough team to play. They're really good defensively. So you're, you want to try to avoid that if you're Pitt or Miami. I do think Miami is going to win this game. Miami is at home. But this game is really important in terms of seeding. You know, Miami, I think, is hitting around a six or a seven right now. um, Or they're sitting at a five seed right now, sorry. Um, and a win, with, uh, a win against Pitt would be, you know, bolster up their resume and then they go through the ACC tournament, win the ACC tournament, that would really push them up to looking at a three or two possibly, you know, some hopefully big wins along the way. So really could be important for them. Pitt, kind of same thing. They're sitting about the eight or nine seed right now. I believe it's nine, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, about the nine seed. Um, they had a bad um, loss earlier or yesterday, last night, excuse me to Notre Dame. Not a bad loss, but not really a good loss sitting at the 19. It's going to kind of push them back a little bit more than likely. And then losing to Miami would not help. you know? And then going into the ACC tournament on a two-game losing streak, going up you know, against a, some tough competition, tougher competition when you think about the seeding-wise of it, really could put them at risk to getting themselves out of the tournament, possibly if some, some other teams get hot, some other upsets happen, other teams get in the tournament. So a lot on the line for Pitt in this game, in my opinion. But I do think Miami's going to come out and dominate because they're just so good offensively. So, sorry, Pitt. Maybe maybe next year. I don't know. They'll do good in the tournament, I think, still. The ACC one, at least. But the other big game, another big game in my eyes, is Duke first, North Carolina. Um, A lot on the line for North Carolina. And uh, you could say Duke. You know, Duke nightmare scenario. You lose back to North Carolina, then you go into the tournament and get a bad loss right out the gate. Um, first round exit or second round exit or whatever the case may be, whatever the seeding is. So you don't want that if you're Duke. Um, that's their nightmare scenario. But I think for the most part, they'll um, they could lose this game and still get in the tournament. You know, win a game or two in the ACC tournament. They they solidify themselves as a tournament worthy team. So that's only a nightmare scenario. But North Carolina absolutely needs this win um, to bolster up their lineup. They're on the first team out um, right now, so they're on the outside looking in. You know, a couple of dominoes could fall their way possibly. Very unlikely though. So North Carolina really needs this win. You know, their win, and then one of the other teams that kind of gets in last has a bad loss, could slide them right up. So a lot on the line for North Carolina in this game, you know. Otherwise, they're gonna have to run the table in the ACC tournament to get into the um to the big one. So a lot on the line. I do think North Carolina's gonna win. I feel like the team's gonna play inspired. It's just something about North Carolina this time of year. I'm feeling I don't know. I'm just getting my hopes up, probably, whatever. Who fucking cares? North Carolina's gonna win. That's my pick. That's my bet. I'm gonna bet it. No, I'm not gonna pour it on money, but that's what I would bet if I did. Arizona, UCLA to cap off Saturday night. Should be a really good one. Um, Battling, you know, to move move up. Uh, UCLA sitting at two seed right now. Um, UCLA, or sorry, UCLA sitting at two seed. Arizona sitting at a three seed. Arizona, you know, playing really good basketball right now, but not playing as good as UCLA. I think UCLA will probably take care of them very handedly. Um, they've already locked up the one seed in the Pac-12 tournament. Tournament, but UCLA is coming in on an eight-game winning streak. They've been playing phenomenal basketball lately. You know, they're unreal at home. i 15 and one at home. We lost one game at home this year, so I don't. I don't see them losing this game. I think they're just going to continue and they're going to roll through the Pac-12 bolster up their uh, case possibly at one seed if one of the other teams falls. So definitely a team to watch out for. A lot of people talking about them, you know, possibly winning the tournament this year. Part of my take is, if you listen to that, they're talking about it, and I, I feel like that's a possibility. If UCLA takes care of business on Saturday night, there's a definite possibility UCLA might be the team this year. Then moving on to Sunday, we got Houston versus Memphis. Um, Memphis could really use a win here. You know, they're sitting on uh, one of the first – uh last what was it the last four buy so they would you know not have to play a play in game basically um that would leave you know they're they're not in the case right here they're sitting at the two seed in the AAC tournament they played really good all year just haven't had a lot of big wins they only were like two and three in quad one and i think like four and four or or maybe five and three in quad two they've played okay games they've done really well for themselves but they could really use a win against Houston to really bolster up their lineup. I do think they could lose here, um, and then roll all the way to the AAC tournament and lose again to Memphis and probably st- or lose again to Houston and probably still get in, considering how good everyone assumes Houston is right now. So a lot on the line for Memphis. I think if they for sure beat Houston, though, they will lock up themselves in the tournament no matter what happens in the AAC tournament. So I think there's a lot on the line for them. Houston is tough, Houston can score, Houston can defend. I can't wait to see Houston in the Big 12 next year, by the way. The more I think about it, they've, they've kind of had it easy in the AAC, some would say, um, kind of like Gonzaga has in the Western Coast Conference. So it'll be fun to see them possibly um, be really good in the Big 12 or struggle. So I'm excited for that. And then on on Sunday, the, the Big 12 should really rule, um, sports world. I feel like, and a lot on the line. Um oh, sorry. I do out A lot on the line in the Big 12 tournament, Purdue's already locked up to one seed, but there's about eight or nine teams that are currently tied, basically, or can tie um, for the two seed, so a lot on the line. I'm watching Illinois versus Michigan right now. Both these teams pretty much in the same scenario, so yeah, if Illinois upsets, uh, uh, or doesn't upset, if Illinois beats Michigan tonight, um, they'll both be tied, same record at conference play, so... There's one, you know, Michigan's currently sitting at the two seed right now, and there's two, two or three two teams behind them that are 11 and 8. So it's a really, really close race for that two seed. Um, a lot of these teams sitting on the bubble right now, too. You know, Maryland, Penn State, um, <clears throat> both are sitting kind of in that same bubble as well. Penn State, a game or two back, though, but could, you know, with the right opportunity get themselves in. They did have a nice win against Northwestern earlier this week. So that's kind of bolstering up their lineup. They're sitting as, you know, one of the, um, Second, the last four out or something. I can't remember what they call it. You know, um, next four out, I believe is what they call it. That's where they're sitting. You know, their winning against Northwestern could definitely help them. A win against Maryland, who's ranked right now, more than, more than likely going to be in the tournament for sure. Getting a win against them could definitely help bolster up Penn State's record. I think they could pull it off. They are at home. They've played pretty good at home this year. Um, so I, I, I'm definitely going to go on Penn State's side, I think, at, at home. I think they're going to get the job done. And then that other Michigan team that I was just talking about, Michigan is sitting on the first four out right now. They're not looking like they're probably going to get the tournament. You know, a win against Illinois tonight would definitely help them, um, as well as a good Big Ten tournament run. And getting that two seed would, and by all means, give them a better opponent when you think about it, but not really in the Big Ten. They just have to start playing better basketball. They haven't been playing good all year, so I don't know. They really need this win against Illinois tonight. They're not looking too high. They already have five turnovers to Illinois, one, and they're only <clears throat> like 10 minutes into the game. So Michigan hasn't played too great, but they win tonight. They could really use a win against Indiana that I don't think they're going to get, though, because Indiana's playing really good. They've been playing really good at home all year. I think Indiana's going to push themselves into that uh, two-seed with their win against Michigan. I think Michigan No, I think is going to lose tonight to Illinois. Yeah. So it's all going to be tied up. And then Indiana's going to take that two seed. Michigan's going to fall right out of the tournament. So, but anyways, that is today's show. I hope that you enjoyed. Um, like I said, I'm sorry that, you know, this is a day late, stupid fucking internet fucking sucks. Cox internet. If you have it, get rid of it. It sucks. But thank you for listening. I love you. But for now, you oh, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, send to a college basketball fan. See if I, you know, if I'm talking good shit, if I'm not talking good shit. So let me know. I appreciate everybody that listens. Um, But for now, I love you. Stay blessed. But for now, your boy Titties is out.